Well, good morning and welcome to the Hills Church at Home. Uh, if you're just getting up or rushing over to the television or your computer, grab a cup of coffee. You can download our message notes, though we noticed there may have been a glitch uh, this morning, but you can stay tuned. Download the message notes. Download the kids' activity sheet. If you're viewing by Facebook, we also heard there could be um, a glitch this morning. And so if you're on our YouTube channel, then hopefully it's all working good. We will press through and move on. Hey, let's take a minute. There's so much happening, uh, not only in our nation, in our communities, in our world. Can we stop first uh, and let's pray, especially those that are in Southern California uh, with the fires and, and other places. So Lord, we we stopped this morning. We're mindful of your people in all different cities. Lord, we pray and we thank you for this cooler weather, that we have firefighters that are fighting this fire. Lord, that you are protecting them, looking out after them in Jesus' name. We thank you for protection over, the, over property, over lives, over the uh, animals that are around and Father, we again, you are our refuge and strength and our hope. Father, we also pray from Southern California last night with the two police officers that were shot. We pray, Lord, that you would bring healing to their bodies in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would be the comforter and place people around. And Lord, for everyone that's viewing, wherever they are in the communities and cities where they live, that Jesus is Lord and Father, that by your spirit you are moving. But in these days, we need to be people that are praying. And as we see today, it's the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man and woman that avails much. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to James chapter 5, and I want to look at a few verses today. James chapter 5, we're going to look specifically at verses 13 through 16. If I were to title this, it would actually be a very long title, though I'm calling it Praying for Yourselves. It would really be Praying for Yourselves, Others, and Each Other. Praying for Yourself, Others, and Each Other. But we'll make it simple. Praying for yourself. We all need that one prayer uh, today. You know, James says over eight times he uses the word, my brothers. He makes this very personal to all of us. In fact, I think James makes it pretty simple. If you're going through stuff, pray. If you feel discouraged, then you need to fight for joy, right? If you are going through stuff, pray. If you are discouraged, fight for joy. Well, let's get into James chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. And let me read it. I'm going to read it twice, but let me read it through and I'll come back and I'll explain what I had underlined that shows me my responsibility. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil 
in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now let me read this again. And I underlined it every time that it was a responsibility of mine, that I need to take the responsibility. And so let me read this again. Is anyone among you suffering? Here's what I underlined. Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, let me read uh, just verse 16. I want to uh, focus in on that a little bit today. And it says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But listen to this out of the message, and it says this, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Now here's what James is not saying. James is not saying um, that a general public confession of your sins should take place. Here's what James isn't saying. Hey, have in your service that right after the worship part that you go ahead and you have a public, you have everybody come up on the stage and you do a public time of confessing your sins. That's not what James is saying. In fact, James is saying, confess your trespasses to those you have hurt. And he's also mentioning this, confide in with godly people who you know are people that are praying. So it's not some public huge confession, but he's saying this, confess your trespasses to one another. Go to those that you've hurt and confess those things to them. And also he's saying this, confess those things to godly people who you know are intercessors, are people that are praying, are not people that are telling others, hey, you know what they did? Know that there are people that are praying for you, have your best inference, interest, want to see you delivered. But we remember this. In fact, we didn't read this this week, but we remember that in the next verse, he refers to Elijah as somebody just like us. 
out of all of the prophets, right? Elijah was probably one of the ones that was top. His coming uh, would pave the way for the Messiah. In fact, in many ways, Elijah is not at all like us, but James makes it a very powerful statement when he says, Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed. James focuses on, right, these few verses, that every believer can have an effective prayer life just like Elijah. We won't look at it, but you can make a note, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 through 45 is when Elijah has uh, King Ahab to go look and there there is a cloud. They're praying for the rain to come back and there's nothing that's seen. In fact, he tells them to go seven times and in the seventh time, he sees a cloud as the size of a man's hand. And as we read in the Bible, what happens is the rain begins to come. Seven times he was sent back to go look. That's why we read this in James where he says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In fact, I wrote this down. Our prayer life should be effective and it should be fervent and it should have energy to it. You know, many times we pray and and we do. We want the one and done. But many times it's a, a battle as we pray. Daniel prayed and the answer didn't come for 28 days. And when uh, Michael the archangel came, he said he was actually having a spiritual battle in the heavenlies. But Daniel continued to pray. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, a righteous woman, a righteous teenager, a righteous child avails much. Effective, fervent and with energy, right? That power, that energy. It's interesting when we read that verse, confess your sins to one another. You know what we do when we sin is we we take our example sometimes from Adam and Eve. We hide. We don't wanna be around anybody. We won't wanna tell anybody. We don't wanna admit that we're wrong. We wanna just wait and hopefully it'll pass by. And that example that we see back in Genesis chapter three, when Adam and Eve blew it, they hid. They thought they're hiding that God wouldn't find them, but God knew exactly where they were. You know, years ago when uh, we had moved to the East Coast for the very first time, and I was serving as national youth pastor for the Southeast District, and our territory was 10 states. And on one particular spring, we had visited a certain state And we were going to be uh, speaking to the youth group on, uh, I believe it was a Saturday night, and then speaking in church on that Sunday. And I remember walking into this church, and the first thing that caught my eye was a 55-gallon drum that looked all burnt. And I remember I said something to one of the young people, and I said, well, what is that for? Well, that's where people come in on youth night. We burn stuff like... Oh, we have people that bring witchcraft books and Wiccan books and they burn drugs. And I mean, anything that you could think of, they would burn. And that was, I thought that was pretty crazy. But when we went in the youth room, there wasn't a lot of chairs, but in the youth room was a circle of chairs. 
And so uh, I just had asked a question about, is this how you always have it set up? And they said, well, we always start our youth night, which is what's called the circle of sin. The circle of sin. Yeah, we all get in a big circle and we take turns talking about the sins that we committed that week. I don't know about you hearing that, that kind of, you know, that blew me away. And they said, you know, the one that sins the most every week without fails, our youth pastor. Oh, I thought, well, I'm going to have to get this guy a little bit later and have a talk with him. And again, what James is not saying is this huge general confession of sins. He's talking about those that you've hurt, those that you need to go through. It is amazing that as you pray and as you open your heart up to the Lord, that the Lord drops in your heart and your spirit things that you need to go back and to correct. Uh, finding godly people that you can reach out to, that you can say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Can you pray for me? And you absolutely know that when they say that they're praying for you, it's not just words that they're praying for you. Do you know the three hardest words probably to say in our English language are, I was wrong. I was wrong. Do you forgive me? In fact, we read this in 1 John 1, verses 8 through 10. 1 John 1, 8 through 10. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his words are not in us. Now, James chapter five, verse uh, 16, confess your trespasses to one another. The he that we're reading about in 1 John 1, 8 through 10 is not a person. It is God himself that if we confess our sin to God himself, that shed blood of Jesus on the cross is what causes the forgiveness of our sins to come to pass. But here's what we have to do. We have to confess it to the Lord. In fact, it says, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, I don't know how he does it, but I know what he says as a description of how he does it in the Bible. It's our sin is cast as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered forevermore. That's pretty powerful. As far as you can get away, it's cast away. The east is from the west, never to remember. The description of that now you've been cleansed, you're as white as snow. The sin is cast off into the deepest part of the ocean and God doesn't remember that sin. Think about our human nature. Even when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I did this, would you forgive me? And you've forgiven them. Have you noticed over time that you remember exactly what they did to you? But God, when we confess that sin, 
as the Bible says, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But it says that at the end of the verse, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. If we are completely honest, none of us are comfortable admitting when we've done something wrong, but God says to come to him. You know, as we've been reading in this verse, it's praying, taking time to pray for yourself, examine yourself. When we receive communion, we do what the Apostle Paul says. He says, before you receive communion, judge yourself. You'd be better off judging yourself than it being judged for you. Judge yourself. Have I looked at anything, listened to anything, said anything? Have my hands done anything? Have my feet led me astray? Because I come back and I confess that sin to the Father, and he is faithful and just to forgive me. You know, I've heard this before. Many apologies and saying sorries go like this. I'm really sorry, but it was your fault. Have you ever said that before? That's not an apology, is it? That's not a sorry. I've heard it said, um, I just wanted to know, I wanted you to know that I accept the apology that you haven't given me yet. You know, that's sometimes how we, we respond is we'll come and do things based on a reaction that we want. And yet, one of the things that we're reading here, when we come to God, we are to open ourselves before him and make sure that this heart, this life is getting scrubbed every day by God's word. The filth of this world is coming off of us, that we are living this life for him and living it to be righteous before him. Mark chapter 11, verse 25, it says this, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven might forgive your trespasses. Well, there's something important. As much as we might go to the Father and ask him to forgive our sin, we need to make sure that if we have any issue with anybody, the Bible says you need to forgive them. Jesus and the Father have forgiven us, and yet we can't forgive others. Even those that have done such wrong, they don't fit in some little category. We have to forgive them. Colossians chapter three, verse 13 says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Boy, we wish it wasn't worded like that in the Bible, right? We wish it was worded, okay, God, I can confess my sin to you and you forgive me, but I'm thankful I don't even have to forgive this person. No, he says, even as Christ forgave you, you must also do. The other thing James talks a little bit about um, here a late, later on, in fact, let's read James chapter 5, verse 19 through 20. He's going to use that word again, brethren, brothers. In fact, um, he's 
imploring us to listen to what he says next. He said, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sin. If anyone wanders from the truth, we use words today like backslider. If anybody wanders away and someone turns them back, you know, that's, isn't that imploring us that there are people that have walked away from the Lord? And there's that, James is saying, my brothers, my sisters, if you can turn them back from the error of this way, you're going to save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. It's that imploring, that heart of of James that he's telling us, there are those that have walked away. And I need you to have a sensitive heart to try to turn them back. Listen to what it says out of the message. My dear friends, if you know people have wandered from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them. Get them back and you will have rescued precious lives from destruction and and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. You know, I probably could stop right here and I could get out a pen and I could probably begin a list of those that I know that are continued to wander. And I need to pray and ask the Lord for my responsibility in reaching out, in in saving and turning that soul back. You know, as we're reading in James, we love the part where we read about sickness and healing, people coming to anoint us and pray for us, our sins being forgiven. And yet when we read James chapter five, James is imploring us to action, us to be sensitive, Jesus is saying that verse, when you pray and you're standing praying and you're having that heart before God, if anybody's done anything against you, he's wanting you to have that sensitivity of heart. And let me tell you what James is saying, go after him. Go after him. Allow the Lord to use you. Pray about words. Maybe it's starting with a text message or an email or a letter or some way to get somebody's attention Stick them on your list and pray for them. Let the prayer be effective, fervent, and with energy because he says, you're gonna save a soul from death. They've wandered away. At um, the first church Michelle and I pastored, we were just there a couple months. And so we were still getting to know people and you know, connecting a face and a name and learning a little bit about their their background. and I remember that there was a, a, a young lady that would sit on the front row and then I, I didn't see her for a couple weeks and I, I began to ask about her and nobody knew her. And so as we did, we would call and reach out and never heard anything back. And I remember waking up at three in the morning and the Lord putting my her name on my heart and it was so strong that it was like, you've got to get a hold of her today. Well, I didn't, I didn't know where she lived, 
but I was able to reach out to somebody, at, I believe it was either five or six in the morning, and I said, I need you today to go and check on this person. You need to do whatever you do. Don't let it up. Let me know. I can meet you somewhere. And you know, they actually went and they found her. She had locked herself in her house and she began to do, she began to drink herself. Her plan was to drink herself to death. I had no idea that just a couple years before, maybe three or four years before, that her own mother had uh, drunk herself to death by um, on Mother's Day of all days. And every Mother's Day triggered in this young lady something that she would lock herself up and continue to drink so strong, hoping that she would die. And it just so happened that the Lord woke me up and told me to do something about it and so all of my focus and energy, really that you know fervent energy that day was making sure that they were okay. I had no idea the severity of it. And I remember even the, the time from then on when we had the, the change that we saw, and I remember being, I'm so glad that I was sensitive to what the Lord was saying and I wasn't going to let it go because somebody, somebody wasn't just wandering off for that day, Somebody had wandered off and they were in a position where they were planning on drinking themselves to their death. I'm so thankful that we're listening and attentive to the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus went after Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times. In fact, if you remember the story, Peter's out gone fishing. If we look at sometimes the context of the Bible, that's what they did before they followed Jesus. For all indications, we could say Peter threw in the towel of ministry and was going to get back on the fishing boat and went out and he was having no luck at all. And yet Jesus came to him on the shore. And that's the story where Jesus says, throw, throw the net on the other side of the boat. and They caught a uh, fish, but Peter strips off his robe and swims to the shore and there's Jesus preparing breakfast for them. Jesus went after Peter. If Jesus can go after Peter, we can go after people. Praying for yourself, right? Praying for others, praying for each others, going after those that are wandering. I think that's where James would be saying to us today the eight times, brothers and sisters, Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, I'm imploring you, be effective, be fervent, have energy in your prayer. Don't just pray. When you have a sensitive heart, reach out. Go after those lost ones. You know, in the days that we're living, 2020, we don't know what everybody's thinking on the inside. We know there's enough confusion and what if. Boy, these are our days that we check on each other. Check on one another. Allow that sensitivity of your heart that the moment you feel like a nudge, you know it's the Holy Spirit, about somebody, be fervent about reaching out. It could be the difference between life and death. It could be the difference from them wandering back, but it also could be the difference of a confirmation in their heart that they just know the Lord is after them.
Father, we, we stop today and Lord, we pray for ourselves that in these days we would not be self-centered and selfish and thinking of our own desires, but Lord, we would stop and rest and press into you and be sensitive in spirit, be willing to reach out, be willing to go out of our comfort zones, be willing to be effective and fervent and energetic about people because that's how you were. You didn't give up on Adam and Eve. You sent Jesus to show you never gave up on us. And so, Father, we thank you for that opportunity even today that you're always for us, never against us, to give us a future and a hope. If you're out there today and maybe you're wandering or maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I would encourage you to pray this prayer that really we pull out of Romans 10, 9, and 10. Would you pray this with me? And it says this, pray with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you in Jesus' name, amen. For every one of you that prayed this, for everyone that has wandered and maybe prayed this, would you reach out to us, email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org. You can message us also on social media. So important, we reach out, we can connect, help you on some next steps in this brand new, the most important relationship in your life, that Jesus is Lord and living on the inside of you. Well, as we do each week, we'll receive our tithes and offerings at this time. And I want to read this one verse out of Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8. And it says this, The Lord will command blessing on you and your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. I love that part. The Lord will command the blessing on you. As you give today, and as we pray here in a minute, know this, that the Lord's blessing is upon you as you give. It's part of that promise and promises that he gives us all the way through the Bible if we'll give and be sensitive to him. So let's pray this prayer today. Pray it with me, believe it in your heart, make it a confession of your faith that his blessings are upon you. As I give in today's offering, I believe the Lord is commanding his blessings over me. His blessings are open over my life today. I believe it and I can see it in Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving today, you can go on our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the give button. It's fast, safe, and secure. If you're giving by mail, you can mail it to The Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419. 
Arcadia, California, 91066. And we so appreciate your faithfulness and your support, and the Lord will command the blessing upon you. Hey, I want to encourage you to stay tuned. Some exciting couple of weeks happening at the Hills Church. Uh, Continue to stay online. You know, you can go all the way back. I think today, and correct me, um, Madison, is our 25th online message. So you can go all the way back. Am I close? Might be 26. All right, might be 26. You can go all the way back uh, on past messages, both on Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Encourage you uh, to catch up. Share them. If you feel led, share them with somebody. And as we do each week, uh, we finish with Psalm 121, 1 and 2, the verse and the meaning of the name, the Hills Church. And it just says, in fact, say it with us. It's on the screen. I look up to the hills. But where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord bless you. Have a great day. Be blessed this week and be praying for others. Effective, fervent, and with energy. The Lord bless you.